Well, hello there, loyal listeners. My name's Tom Whitcomb, host of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is Talking. I'm going on tour throughout September to Brisbane, Wollongong and Newcastle. I'll be in Brisbane on Thursday, the 15th of September, in Newcastle on Sunday, the 18th of September, and Wollongong on Friday, the 23rd of September. If you could get tickets and come along, it sure would mean a lot. There's not many people doing it so far. Please come. I'd love to see you there. And if you do or don't, please enjoy the podcast. Oh, hello, and welcome to Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking, coming at you live on a beautiful Thursday morning. Very excited to be here. I probably already will have set it up before the uh, before the theme music goes. Little peek behind the curtain. Haven't recorded that thing that you've already heard. Chronologically, happens in the future from now. Who knows what I might say? But uh, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm going on tour. I'm coming to Brisbane, uh, Newcastle, Wollongong. Newcastle and Wollongong should be should be pretty fine. I've got some got some things planned for that. Um, Brisbane. If anyone here should be listening from Brisbane. I need you to spread the word far and wide because it dawned on me on Monday what a horrendous financial decision going to Brisbane on tour is for me. How I hadn't considered this before is baffling. It is truly a privileged mindset, one that has never had to worry about money in any significant amount to any significant level, have to really stop and wonder where the next meal is coming from. That I just booked flights in a hotel to Brisbane and didn't stop to think, hey, is this going to cost me way more than I'm ever going to earn? I'm taking time off work to do this. I am incurring costs from all angles. I I chose to fly anything but Jetstar or Tiger. Now, granted, Tiger doesn't exist anymore. I took... This is, uh, this is such upper-middle-class thinking... Just spend first and think about it later. Yeah, cost of living's going up. For the poor people, what does it mean to me? I'm the ScoMo. Who gives a shit what a pint of milk costs? Why would I know that? Why would I know what bread costs? The guy at Coles will tell me what it all costs, and I'll have it. Oh, God, this is... I had a YouTube comment which was like, what's the point of this podcast for you to tell us how rich you are? It's meant to be ironic, okay? It's meant to be self-deprecating. The point being, please come to Brisbane... Or please, look, you don't actually have to be in Brisbane. If you're in other places, can you buy tickets and not come? I'll deal with the empty seats because I am operating. I was doing I was doing the calculations the other day. I was putting in all my costs, what I'm going to spend on advertising, what it's costing me for hotels and Ubers and everything. I'm literally going for one night. I'm flying in, in a, on a Thursday morning and I'm flying out Friday morning and I'm going straight to work. And I was like, so what is this? All right, so that's the deal. That's this is what it's costing me to rent the venue, and uh, I'm going to spend this much on advertising. The hotel says that's fifty dollars in Ubers. Okay, now to break even, I need to sell out. Fuck, I I need to sell. I need to sell as many tickets in Brisbane as I've sold. Like as until my last show, until I'd sold in Sydney, where I know. Plenty of people that I could beg to come, including like 
multiple family who are almost obliged. And now I need to go 800 kilometers north and do the same thing. This is trouble. So God hope, God hoping Facebook ads are as effective as they've never been for me in the past because otherwise it's going to be an emotional and a financial L against me at the Good Chat Comedy Club Festival in September. September 15th in Brisbane, please come or buy a ticket or just send me money. Donate to my... It's not even like, look, I, you know, I have a full-time job. Uh, my, my, my partner, you know, she, she supports me in a lot of ways, including financially. Everything's going to be fine. Don't send me your money. Just, just in case anyone was thinking about doing that. It's more just the, the mental load. The, the feeling of shame of being like, did I just, did I just spend $400 to do stand-up in Brisbane? Did I, did I just willingly fork over money to force people? It's, it's basically like I should have just paid people to listen to me. I, I pretty much could have just done it on here for free for the same basic outcome. I, you know what's really just, I need, I, I know what the numbers of this podcast are. I need more people to buy tickets than are listening right now. This is oh god. Also come to New also come to Newcastle or Wollongong. Those ones those ones will be okay because I'm not I don't have to buy a hotel. I don't, I don't have to pay for a hotel room. I can drive up. I can just hope my girlfriend doesn't bring up how much petrol I use and then that that's fine. But Brisbane, boy, anybody, can anybody come? Tell your friends. Tell people who aren't your friends. Tell people that you vaguely... I was doing the maths the other day. It was like, now, is there anyone from my school who I remember moving to Queensland? Not even Brisbane. Queensland. Maybe they'll make the trip down from Townsville. Maybe they'll drive seven hours to come along. But uh, I looked on LinkedIn. I looked if I had any LinkedIn connections. It's like, hey, Matt, I know you're a recruiter from Cairns trying to get me to... Trying to get... Trying to get me to take for a job that I have no qualifications for. You've just misunderstood what my current job title is. Uh, would you like to come and see some amateur comedy in two weeks' time? No? Understandable. Here's what I'm really hoping is uh, I do notice... I had this happen to me last night, actually. Because of the Neil Neil's Cole Hatcast show that I do, Comedy Untamed, and that those reels and those TikToks do occasionally sort of kick off and go semi-viral, I do have some vague familiarity to, to very casual comedy fans. The, uh, the woman at my local cafe recognized me. Pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. I mean, sure, I have been buying coffees there for nigh on nine months now, five days a week, and this is the first time anyone's even brought it up. And she also did that thing of, uh, hey, I, uh, I, I saw you on TikTok the other day. No, no compliment. No, uh, no, no value judgment. Just, just pure reporting of fact. I saw you. You were there. Uh, you were, you were before a video of a fourteen-year-old girl dancing, and after a video of a sixteen-year-old girl dancing. Uh, and you were, you. I think you were meant to do jokes about people who own cats. I didn't really stick around to see what happened, but uh, that was you, all right. No denying it. Certainly was. So hopefully. Hopefully that goes far enough. Hopefully they will, uh, they will based off the, that, that one-minute clip in which I speak for 15 seconds, they'll go, I reckon this guy deserves an hour of my time. 
hey, I enjoyed the first 15 seconds. What do the other 59 minutes and 45 seconds have to offer? Let's find out. Let's throw down some cold, hard cash on a Thursday night out of my life to find out. So, I mean, you know, I, I really, I did express it in the first, and look, if I expressed it in the first 15 seconds of this podcast, say, hey, I'm doing, I'm doing shows, please come. And that didn't work. Oh, maybe if I beg and plead for the first five minutes of the podcast, will you come now? Will you please? I don't know. In other news, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the rounds. I'm doing something very exciting. I haven't really done this before in my, uh, in my comedy career, short-lived as it is. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the rounds. I'm going on some people's podcasts, which I haven't really done before. I've been on, I've been on one or two friends' podcasts, like very, very short-lived ones that didn't really go too far. I've been on my friend Anthony Lucascio, the Hack Pack podcast, the Hack Pack podcast where he interviews other amateur comedians. It's kind of like WTF with Mark Marin if the W and WTF stood for who. If it was who the fuck with Mark Marin, that's that's what uh, that's what the Hackback podcast is. Don't worry, he doesn't listen to this. He's going to have me back on for even though that podcast is essentially defunct now. Uh, but Anthony has a lot of people that listen, and that'll be good. I'm going to go on that. I'm um, today at two p.m. I'm going on to a friend, uh, my friend Beck Charwood. Uh, her podcast called, uh, it's her and, and Alex J, also a very good Sydney comedian. They have a podcast called The Ladies' Guide to Dude Cinema. The premise is they discuss all the movies that men tell them that they need to watch. Um, and it's good. It's good to see some women in, in media taking men's advice. I presume that's what they're getting at, that uh, they're finally going to start listening to what we've been saying for far too long about the world of entertainment. And uh, the, the movie that I have picked to discuss is... Uh, Matt Parker, no, I can't think Matt Stone and Trey Parker, there it is, Matt Stone and Trey Parker's 2004 classic, Team America, which um, I will be very intrigued to know what two ladies felt about it. I hope they liked it. They, I, I think they will. I was watching it, look, you know, I feel like people would assume, given my brand of stand-up comedy, that I'm one of these, like, it's just a joke. It's not, it's not racist, it's just joke. But actually, these things, I do find myself overthinking a lot. And I'm like, well, in Team America, every Muslim character only says Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad. Is that okay? I mean, I laughed a lot. Does that make it all right? Hard to tell. Because without doubt, a lot of Middle Eastern kids got bullied relentlessly with that phrase. But would they have been bullied anyway? Arguably, right? Like, if it wasn't Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad, it just would have been something else. So, look, I'm, jury's out on this one. I'll let you know. Actually, we'll listen. It's probably not going to come out for, for about a month, but um, when you get around to it, give it a listen. It should be interesting. I'm very intrigued to discuss it. I was, um, it was, it brought me back. I was trying to remember because I know the things that they talk about on this podcast are things like, when was the first time you remember? Uh, what, what, what's your history with the movie? When, what are your memories of it? And I was trying to remember whether I'd seen it in the cinema or not. And then I realized it came out in 2004, so it would have been MA. And then I remembered I definitely didn't because I had friends who had seen it in the cinema and kept quoting it at me. And I just kind of started parroting the quotes and pretending I had seen it. You know, it was me shouting Durka Durka Muhammad Jihad at the Syrian kid at school. That was... That was, I was just trying to, just trying to fit in. But it was one of those movies, it was one of my early, like, pirating movies. It was one of my really early days, sort of, uh, 
yeah, fight Lime Wire because uh, maybe not super early. I was always pretty, I was always pretty early onto that stuff. Like I remember using Napster quite early and being like, "What the fuck is this?" Using Napster and the first time, I think this would have been a lot of people's experience. Using Napster as a, I must have been, I must have been like eight, eight or nine, and trying to work out how to spell Eminem. Because you never, I mean, there was no need to ever spell it up until that point. And it took us a very long time to realize it wasn't the same as the Mars Company candies. It was not M and M. It was M and M. And that took us a long time. And so uh, so Team America was one of those. I think I found a download link or I used LimeWire or whatever. And uh, I remember it must have been, you remember like, Remember movies, you used to get DVDs from Bali like this where someone's obviously just taken a camcorder and just plopped it on the seat next to them. Like, this'll do. White people will pay... White people will pay a thousand baht for this. White people will pay my month's rent and for us it's like two bucks. And uh, and we did. We would, we would buy those. And then <laughs> as we are like just blatantly committing movie piracy by buying, you know... 17 DVDs for four Australian dollars at the market. And then the level of gall for us to get angry when those things didn't play properly. The entitlement of white people to buy 17 DVDs for $4 and then when it freezes halfway through to be like, well, this is fucking bullshit. This, I, I paid 17 cents. I'm... I, I, Full disclosure to the people listening to the full version. I'm trying to work out how to make this into a reel. I need to change the numbers. I paid 27 cents for this copy of Vanilla Sky. How dare they place the camera in front of someone with a slightly above large, above, above normal size head? How dare they place it behind someone who walked to the bathroom twice? I missed some of Tom Cruise's facial expressions. And the sound quality is below average. I, I, you know, sure, I could have paid $25 to see this in the cinema. Is Vanilla Sky a movie? That's the Tom Cruise one, right? Jamie, look that up. Vanilla Sky sure is. 2001. I think that's a good reference. I think that'll go well on TikTok, although maybe no one will know what that is. Um, all right, take two. I paid $0.27 cents for this copy of Monsters, Inc. That was pretty good. Um, more specific. I paid $0.27... Cents I paid 27 cents for this copy of A Bug's Life. There we go. I've got three takes. Don't worry. I'll, I'll work it out and post. So this is, you guys are paying to see the sausage get made. And when I say paying, I don't know, whatever data it cost you to download this, this episode. <clears throat> so Team America, I'm, oh, and this, this is what I was going to say. So it's 2004, right? 2004, the age of the, the just the internet being big enough that it was it was playing a significant role, but at the same time, rumors could still exist. Back before the internet was the infallible resource to fact check any statement, when there was that that kind of like the dark spot, the 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 blind spot of the internet, where you just you couldn't tell, you couldn't check everything online, so you could still kind of just randomly make up bullshit and throw it into the ether, throw it into a conversation, and just know that no one has the means to call you on it. Do you remember in like the really early 2000s, Vodafone had that service where you could text them and they would answer a question for you? I think I did that once. I think I was at a cricket game and I texted them to find out how many seats the, the SCG held. 
and 37 minutes later they told me it's 60,000 and that cost me $3. But rumors were going around. I think just amongst my friends. I think I don't know whether where else I would have heard this that there was a deleted scene where uh, of the, the the I mean let's be honest if you if you've seen Team America at all even once in your life since me bringing it up, I can't imagine you've stopped thinking about the scene with the puppets fucking. I can't imagine that has really ever completely left your mind's eye because it's so good. It's so funny. It's so iconic. The pile driving part. If you haven't seen Team America, you don't even have to see the whole movie. Just just YouTube Team America and you don't have to put anything else in. Guaranteed it's the first. Let me check. It may be trailers first. But I reckon if you Google Team America, that sex scene is without doubt top three, I'd say. What comes up? Oh, it's not. It really, wow. It, this must be some YouTube algorithm taking out the sex stuff, surely. Have I got safe search on? Surely not. Why would I have safe search on? It's not even there. Not even in the clip. All right. In any case, you got to watch it. It's so funny. It's so funny. There was a rumor going around amongst my friends, that the Team America sex scene had a deleted extended version in which all I remember the detail was that one of the puppets shits on the other one. And I believed it when I was 13. And by 15, I was like, that must have just been a bullshit rumor because I could never find it. I never saw it anywhere. I just heard people talking about it. And it just seemed like one of those things that would be like, that's a funny thing to say. That uh, you know, one of the puppets shat on the other one. That would be that would be funny to see, but no, that's not a thing. Well, in preparation for my upcoming appearance on the Ladies' Guide to Dude Cinema, I revisited that thought, and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should just check my workings. Maybe I should just double back. And my word, does it exist? It. Who'd have thought that scene could get any better? <laughs> because there is, there's water sports. There's a shit involved. There's eating ass. Apparently, they didn't allow the puppets to eat ass in the original version. In Mind you, the R-rated version of this film. That sex scene, by the way, the only reason it's rated R. Everything else. So many puppets get decapitated and shot and eaten by sharks. But the the one where... as the, I mean, I, I shouldn't have, have caveated by saying they, that uh, Trey Park already said this, but the the scene is basically like what teenage boys did with their sisters Barbie and Ken doll. Strip them naked and just rub their mounds together. Just rub the absence of genitals together and just presume that sex must be somewhat similar. And that was that justified an R rating. And eating ass beyond that, they're like, no no no, absolutely there's no there's not a rating strong enough. If you unless you want this film to exist purely on Pornhub, I'm afraid that's not going in. But it exists, and it's on YouTube, and it's fantastic. Please, please check it out. So good. I, uh, I'm i very excited to discuss the film. I'm just excited. I, I like the premise of the podcast. That's like, how do women react to movies that men rave about? Because I guess it is that thing. Like, of men have always been the reviewers. Men have, you know, a, lo- a lot of, a, a lot of taste-making has been done by men. And, uh... I will be very sad if their takeaway was this movie sucks and we hate it and we hate everyone who likes it because I don't know. Like 
I'm trying to think about what rating I'll give this movie, and I'll let you tune into the podcast to find out. But it's on the one hand, some of it is like a little bit. It has some of it has aged quite poorly, and then other parts of it are just. I laugh. You know when you laugh at a movie by yourself. God, I I I lost it quite a few times. One of my favorite parts of that movie is just how much they hang shit on celebrities. For some reason, the South Park guys hate the Baldwins. Alec Baldwin is like the big villain in Team America. He's not the big, but he's one of the like he's the most villainous of all of the uh, of all of the the celebrity characters in it, of which there are quite a few. And um, in the South Park movie, they bomb the Baldwins. They kill all the Baldwins for some reason. Uh, and I don't know. I wonder if South Park have they done anything about Alec Baldwin shooting the guy? How weird is it? Alec Baldwin's killed somebody. Isn't that? Isn't that bizarre? I had a joke about that in my special, which, as a little reminder, will be coming out on YouTube on September 29th. There's the date, September 29th. Keep an eye out for it, my, uh, my stand-up comedy special live on YouTube. Uh, but I wonder... I wonder if he's... All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to report back on this because uh, it's just going to cause... It's going to cause too much of a, a delay. But I wonder if they've done anything about him shooting a guy. A woman... He shot a woman, which is worse. Which I think goes to prove that male privilege isn't a real thing. But shooting a woman is is far worse, for sure. And he did it. Alec Baldwin. Cementing his place in my list of my top four Baldwins at number one. Just, just for pure intrigue and narrative. What a story. Has Alec Baldwin won an Oscar? So many questions. I can't wait till I have a Jamie. I can't wait. Alec Baldwin, Oscar. Uh, it doesn't seem to be Academy Award nominated. Only nominated once. What a fucking loser. One nomination. God. And one nomination for a BAFTA. And both, by the way, supporting actor. God. Well, there you go. Shooting that woman. Definitely the most... Definitely the most significant thing he's done in his career. That's sad. I mean, he's won a couple of Emmys, but who cares? Television, really? Barely an art form. It goes cinema, stand-up comedy, music, television, stage acting. I think that's the... that's the And, and then visual arts, any painting or sculpting and all that bullshit. You know, that's just for the upper classes. Not like stand-up comedy. For the common man. For you. For you listening to this today, the common man. Speaking of uh, being critical of the common man, uh, my alma mater, Knox Grammar School, ended up in the news this week. Hey, do you know what happens when Knox Grammar School gets into the news? I'll tell you what doesn't happen. This conversation never happens at the headmaster's office at Knox Grammar School. Uh, Mr. Headmaster, uh, we're in the news at the moment. Headmaster. Oh, great. It's it's never good news. It's never it's it's never like uh, a local Knox Grammar student has been shown uh, celebrating International Women's Day. It's it's never oh a local Knox Grammar School teacher has uh, has enjoyed a purely platonic relationship with all his students. It tends to be uh, it, it tends to be someone doing something fucked to 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 not too fine a point on it it's someone has been someone has been abused in some description 
and it's either teacher abuses student, student abuses woman, student abuses other student, uh, student abuses privilege. There's it's it's never it's never great news. And uh, in my special before last, uh, I, I actually spent about five minutes talking about um, how uh, my my school in my final year of school, two thousand nine, uh, they found out that there were four, all of whom I believe convicted pedophiles teaching at my school, including my under-11s cricket coach, Mr. Trelaw. Uh, cricket coach and, true story, lottery winner, Craig Trelaw. Craig Trelaw won $100,000 in New South Wales Lotto, just proving that good things do happen to good people. And uh, so when I saw... This is, these, this is the list of... Sometimes I look at the Google Trends to kind of come up with some stuff to talk about on the pod, and uh, this, this is the Google Trends list today. In order... Man City versus Nottingham Forest, Arsenal versus Aston Villa, West Ham versus Tottenham, India versus Hong Kong, Toulouse versus PSG, Knox Grammar. There you go. Five five international sporting events, which had 80,000 people in attendance for just about each of them, and then Knox Grammar. And uh, the, the Knox Grammar says that you can just see the start of the byline before it trails off. It's got the... What are those called? The ellipses at the end of it? Knox Grammar School labels student group chat referred to police. Good. Um, you know, private school students and group chats. That is a fucking dangerous combination. You never want to see the group chat of a group of private school boys. That is, that's, I mean, look, as someone who has one of those group chats, that is hallowed territory. All right. That is sacred ground. Do not touch it. You don't understand it. There's so much context. All right, sure, we're calling each other slurs. You don't understand our relationship. The idea of a group chat being linked to any journalistic source fills me with dread. I mean, my asshole clenches just at the thought of it. I have so many, so many group chats that are so damning towards my character. If anybody in any of my group chats was to be accused of murder, I have a nail in the coffin in my, in my messenger app right now. Because, fuck, I mean, white, <laughs> young white men love irony. And irony is hard to convey through text. It requires a lot, a lot of contextual knowledge. All right. Because, <laughs> oh my word. I mean, look, it's, it's you know, the, they used to say that the comedy club was the place you could say whatever you want. And obviously that's not true anymore. But the group chat, they can't come after the group chat. You can't, the group chat is sacred. It's a sacred bond. Stay out. I think that's the real, it's a humanitarian issue at this point for me. But let's go ahead. Knox Grammar School labels student group chat referred to police as unacceptable. Like that, taking a harsh stance on that. Now, I have seen, this is the ABC, there's no way. Okay, so it's being reviewed by detectives from the Child Abuse and Sex Crime Squad. When you get the Child Abuse and Sex Crime Squads involved, uh, you know, Cause for alarm for for just about anybody, you know. Generally, when you bring in the child abuse and sex crime squad, there's probable cause. You never, I don't think the sex crime squad ever get a call where they're like, look, we're not, we're not really sure about this. It's probably not child abuse or sex squad related. But uh, look, just for peace of mind, would you mind giving it a once over? Just, just give it, just give it a brief looky loo, would you? Because uh, we would hate to leave any stone unturned 
I see, I don't even think I could look. I think there was a TikTok that I found. And, you know, I mean, Carl Stefanovic has called it the most disgusting and despicable thing he's ever seen. Uh, calling for those involved to be pulled over the coals. And I know when it comes to moral quandaries, my first point of call is Carl Stefanovic. And my second port of call is Carl Stefanovic's brother, somebody else Stefanovic. <laughs> I don't remember. Like the one who is less successful but also a more serious journalist. The one who, how is it that the Stefanovic that isn't on 60 Minutes is the one that we know? The one that made that awful joke at the Dalai Lama. God. Today's show co-host Carl Stefanovic has called the racist, homophobic, and misogynistic contact shared by students from an elite all-boys Sydney private school one of the most disgusting, despicable things he has seen. Very good. There were reportedly videos that appeared to show young men being raped and comments that referenced wanting to be a pedophile and raping. Okay. I'm starting to think maybe this particular group chat went too far. (laughs) Oh boy, I really, I regret, I might have to bleep that out because I really, after so vehemently uh, defending the safe space of a group chat, I, I, you know, I feel like I've compared implicitly my group chats to this group chat and I want to point out none of us went that far, all right? None of that took place. And might I say that Knox Grammar School needs to get their fucking act together, all right? Because this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard, and I am outraged. As a former, as a former student of Knox Grammar School, we never shared video of racist, sexual, or misogynistic content. Okay, we used our words. We we used our diction. We used language. All right, like the classics, because that is what a young Knox man is best to do. This is fucked. I didn't really... Oh, my goodness. I really... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, some of the names of the account. So, uh, as we all know, uh, a central tenant of a great group chat is um, a funny nickname appointed to uh, certain members of the group. They tend to be um, rather self-deprecating, a little bit harsh. Um, I would like to say that uh, none of the names in any of my group chats include some of the names in the Knox Grammar School group chat, which include the N-word removal service, would like to point out the N-word, spelt in full, and uh, the F-word hater 3000. Apparently F-word hater 1 through 2999 were taken. Well, this does not reflect particularly well on my school. Um, so, I mean, where to from here? I mean, let's be honest, I'm presuming a lot of you listening, uh, share the sticky situation that I find myself in bringing this up. Um, oh boy. Carl Stefanovic, how do we expect these boys to grow up and respect women when they are circulating this sort of rubbish around themselves? I mean, it is rubbish, isn't it, Carl Stefanovic? Rubbish is the operative word. Absolute rubbish, N-word hater, N-word removal service, my word. I've got to be honest, guys, this is this is my bad. I didn't do my due diligence. I should have read this article before I took the initial tact that I took in. I was coming in with a very interesting angle, and uh, I'm going to be honest. My instinct when I first heard about this story was to go down the route of political correctness gone mad. And upon reflection, maybe that's not the angle to take. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, God. 
Why is it always Knox? Is this is this confirmation bias? Is this because I went to Knox? I'm more aware of the articles coming through there, or does it just does it just develop real pieces of shit? What have I done? Do I need to self reflect? I mean, self reflection not a skill Knox Grammar School really in imparts on a lot of its students, I suppose. Well, now I'm piling on, aren't I? Now I'm I'm just part of the, I'm part of everybody else. Let's move on briefly, shall we? Briefly? Briskly. Briskly. Let's move on briskly. Sometimes I hear people get words wrong, especially in stand-up comedy, and I'm like, hey, address it, even though we all knew what he meant. Um, so, uh, look, let's, 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 let's go ahead and let's leave that to one side. And let's say, you know, a word like the N-word removal service, uh, probably inappropriate. I, that's, and that's my, last, that's my last say. That's where I'm leaving it, Okay. And if you don't like it, I don't want to hear about it. If you if you disagree with that stance, look, I don't need you listening to this podcast. Ooh. Leonardo DiCaprio has broken up with another 24-year-old, and here I was thinking he was a renewables guy. No, apparently not. It just seems like every Hollywood actress somewhere between the age of 22 and 24 dates Leonardo DiCaprio for a couple of years, like he's some kind of finishing school. Just, and I feel like... This wasn't really a big part of Leo's story until recently. Like a year ago, someone recognized that he exclusively seems to date and then dump 24-year-old models and gone, wait a minute. That's six in a row. This is a this is becoming a trend. I'm starting to see a pattern emerge, like the end of usual suspects. Ironically, 24 years old, quite old by Kevin Spacey's standards. You know, Jeffrey Epstein didn't even cater for Leo's taste in women. But uh, I think the funny thing is it's just everyone seems to just kind of brush it off. Like, it's not really a problem. It's just a fact. This is, this is the benefit of the Me Too era for Leonardo DiCaprio is suddenly just being a garden variety creepy old dude, not really a problem so long as it is legal. He's picked the perfect, he's like, look, if you're going to date 19-year-olds, people are going to have questions. Eventually, one is going to slip through the cracks, all right? Even the best bouncer lets through a fake ID from time to time. That's very dangerous. 23 to 25, what are you going to say? 23 to 25 is the golden, the golden age group because no one is denying that 23 to 25-year-old women are the most attractive there is just not, I mean, objectively, Victoria's Secret aren't seeking out 35-year-olds, okay? It's just, it's just, I think we're all in agreement. The hottest woman in the world at any one point is probably going to be 24, and Leo has first dips. And that's just the way it is. And we're like, look, he's not breaking any laws. Is it weird? A yes. Especially because he just seems to be determined to get less and less attractive. Leonardo DiCaprio's entire life now is just a social experiment of how gross can I look while still dating the most amazingly, the most amazing looking woman imaginable. And he keeps doing it. Do you know, it's just, I feel like I haven't seen a photo. Leonardo DiCaprio's photos are one of two things. They're either him in a tuxedo on a red carpet or it's him shooting a super soaker at a supermodel on a boat in Nice with the biggest gut and the hairiest chest and the most overwhelming comb over. And it's like, who is this? What have you, 
you know how at the Academy Awards they have seat fillers at certain at certain award events? Is does he just have like a a body double who who just mimics Leonardo DiCaprio perfectly in two thousand seven? Because he looks a million dollars on a red carpet and he looks about twelve eighty in his private life. If it's so, when Leonardo Di, if Leonardo DiCaprio was a woman, you know how like women's magazines are ninety seven percent pictures of Hollywood celebrities with cellulite. Could you imagine if men if men's magazines were the equivalent, every issue would be Leo. But no, every 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 publication of Leonardo DiCaprio is just like look at this absolute king, so talented he can look like shit, and still date the world's most beautiful woman. I mean, full power to him. He's he's banging supermodels and rallying against climate change. I mean, if you do enough good in that part of your life, I think people are willing to overlook all the rest of it. As again, like I said, as long as it's legal, as long as it's above board. Oh God, what a dream! What an absolute dream. Also, he keeps putting out banging movies. That's the other thing. I think the minute that Leonardo DiCaprio puts out a flop. The minute that... I mean, Mark Wahlberg couldn't get away with this shit, and he looks so much better. He he looks so... Marky Mark is just... You don't really talk about Mark Wahlberg as like a Hollywood sex icon, do you? It really... He gets really looked over, despite just being shredded. He's shredded. He's a bad boy. But he's just put out enough terrible M. Night Shyamalan films that we're like, you know what? Let's move on from this. You know Mark Wahlberg also, like when he was Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, I know we all like think of him as Vanilla Ice Mark too. Meanwhile, Marky Mark was crashing stolen police cars into pharmacies to to steal medical grade heroin. So it just goes to show you, you can't judge a book by his good vibrations. It's a great reference. That's an excellent reference that I'm guessing most of you are too young to understand. Look, what are we at with time? 30, 40 minutes. Fuck, I've crushed this. Granted, uh, you guys won't see 40 minutes because I have to edit out a part. I got I got the Leonardo DiCaprio thing wrong quite a few times. And yet again, this is this is going on reels. So I needed to double back. 30, 30 something minutes. This is this is good stuff. I'm trying just to bring a bit more of a positive energy to this, uh, which I think I've done. I think I've nailed it. I think this has been a great episode, and I think it's been an absolute pleasure for you to listen. So, just like that, I'm going to play the... There it is. The theme music. As I go off to do another podcast and talk more. And then from there, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go do a stand-up comedy gig and talk even more into the void. And you know why I'm going to talk? Because people need to show some respect. Because Tom Whitcomb is talking. He said it. He said the name. I'm going to leave it there. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Please buy tickets to my shows. There you are.